You are listening to a Bible-based message from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. Go to riverrockchurch.com for more information and resources. Now here's today's encouraging message from Pastor Chris Tyen. So today we're talking about being equipped to share the life-changing gospel. And As I was praying about it and thinking about it this week, I asked myself, why is it that I stand up here all the time and talk about sharing the gospel and how we should share the gospel and we all say, yeah, I know I should do that. But my question to myself while I was thinking about it is, why don't we? Why don't we share the gospel? Why do we feel like we're being pressed to do something we don't want to do? Why do we feel like we're being pushed into something that might be uncomfortable or scary or something that uh, might get us into trouble, some kind of difficulty? And I think, and I realize that there are a lot of lonely people all around us. I mean, you can be in a crowd and still be lonely. You could be on a college campus of 100,000 people, but people all around you, you could still be lonely. You can be at a workplace with lots of people around you and still be lonely. There are people all around us that are lonely. And I pray that our students and college students, and even you as workers and stuff, would have at least one good friend, one student, coworker that would encourage you in your faith and to help you to grow in the Lord. And so, as I was thinking about how lonely people are and the, the struggles that we have, I was praying about it and I, I've come to the conclusion that if we share out of the overflow of our lives, that that will just make us automatically want to share the gospel if we share out of the overflow of our lives. My desire to share the gospel comes out of the overflow. As I'm spending time with the Lord, then what I'm learning and growing in and being reassured of and being passionate about will just overflow out of my life and spill over into other people's lives. In Luke 6.45, it says, A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. And so a lot of times we use that verse to talk about the kind of language that we use or the kind of jokes that we tell or the kind of things that we say. And we say that if your heart's bad, what comes out of your mouth is bad. So I hear what you're saying. You must have a bad heart. So, But this is also true out of the things that we choose to get excited about and things to get uh, be passionate about. And if we spend any time together, we would probably learn from one another the things that we're about. So I don't know. I'd probably go around and tell you what some of your things are, things that you're interested in, things that you talk a lot about. And so, I mean, there are certain things that I'm interested in and um, some things that you buy or whatever just puts you in a group of things that you're interested in. So I drive that Chevy Avalanche truck, which is kind of a truck, kind of a suburban, except the middle of it folds down. And so there's some people out there that scoff and say, it's not a truck. Oh, that's not a truck. No, a truck's like this. That's not a truck. There's other people that have them, and it's like a fan club. On Facebook, there's all these Facebook fan pages, and if, usually if you find one in a parking lot, they park next to each other. Sometimes I come out of Walmart or Sam's, and there's other ones parked around me. I'm like in the back of the lot by myself, and I come out, and there's two of them around me or whatever. It's like a little club. And as a matter of fact, Chevy liked me so much, I guess, that uh, with their Legends uh, thing, if you have over 100,000 miles, you can sign up for their Legends thing. I have like 200,000 miles. So they decided to send me a Chevy truck of or Chevy uh, truck legends deck of cards. Well, I guess a different truck on every one of them. 
And that's pretty cool. And so, you know, we could get together and talk about trucks and engine sizes and shocks and all sorts of things. Because it's something I have, something I'm interested in. It's easy to talk about. Not a big deal, right? And if we talk to Dan, Dan's going to tell you about guitars and golf. All right? I'll probably tell you about Australian Shepherd dogs. Uh, somebody around here might tell you about cats, but I haven't really connected with them. So John's got a German Shepherd. That's my second choice for dog breed. Uh, some of you talk about vacations. Some of you talk about all sorts of different things. And it just overflows out of your life. You talk about it because it's just where you are, what you're into. I mean, you might work in an industry where you build stuff and you could talk about the best building materials all the time. You may have, you have opinions on the best tools and what's a bad tool. Uh, maybe you talk about oil and the type of oil that's good and bad or cars or Corvette, whatever. Uh, cooking, maybe that's your thing. And so since you're into it, you enjoy it, you know somebody might criticize you for it. You might know that some Ford guy is going to come along and say, that's not even a truck. If only a Ford's a truck. Or maybe when it comes to like building materials or something or, or cooking, you know, some of you might say, I am all for the, I'm all for the, uh, crock pot cooker. And someone else would say, no, unless you're standing over the pot the whole time, it's not a meal. And you know, you know, you're going to get criticized and everything. But what you share flows out of the, what's going on in your life. What you share comes out of what's going on in your heart. And, so, when it comes to our relationship with Jesus Christ, when it comes to the fact that we were sinners and now we're saved, for those of us who have received Jesus Christ, for those of us who have had troubles and got, seen God answer our prayers, for those of us who have experienced the Christian life and sometimes people who call themselves Christians that are more like Pharisees and all the difficulty of that, all of us have experienced that, yet we know that we're still screwed up, we know that we're not perfect, we know that we struggle in all these areas of self-esteem and difficulties. We know in all this mess that we have that we're still experiencing it, it should overflow out of our lives. But sometimes we keep our mouths quiet. Sometimes we don't want to say anything because we know we're not perfect. And everybody knows Christians are perfect, right? So we don't say anything because, yeah, we're experiencing Jesus. And yes, we've been forgiven. And yes, we have all that experience, but we also aren't perfect and there's a little voice inside of our head that says we don't measure up and we should just sit down and be quiet. And so I was watching on uh, Roku, the Life Church channel, or Life, yeah, Life Church, Craig Groeschel, and he was talking about how he's the leader of like one of America's biggest churches who brought you like the version Bible and all these other things, and how he was in this rut of preaching a sermon and then walking away saying that was terrible. Who would want to listen to that? And then coming to the next week saying, how in the world could I do that again? And this constant rut of tearing himself down and the difficulty in that. And so, as I was thinking this week, one, people are lonely, and two, everybody thinks they're not good enough, yet we have this relationship with Christ. And if we feel this way, if we feel that we don't measure up, then uh, probably everybody else around us, if they're truly honest, they feel that way too. And we have a solution, Jesus Christ, who doesn't make us totally perfect, who doesn't make everything in our life totally easy, but just helps us to live the life, to help us to um, be forgiven and to give hope to others. So I guess successful evangelism is not a perfect person telling you what you should do, but successful evangelism is one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. So one, I share the express love of God. I look through the Bible and I see what's going on. And I see what God has shared, and I see what the Scripture says about God's love and how, how much He loves us, and I share that. And we all know the verses, and we all know what to do, but we share God's expressed love. We share that with others. 
God loved the world so much that He sent His one one and only Son that whoever believes upon Him shall not perish but have eternal life. God has rules and uh, guidelines and He's perfectly holy, yet we are able to receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and experience the love of God. And I share the express love of God with others who don't feel loved, those who know they messed up, those who don't think they can be forgiven, that God's love knows no bounds and He will forgive sin. Uh, he will not even remember it. As far as the East is from the West, He remembers our sins no more. I share the express love of God and I hope that you do too. I hope you experience God's love and it overflows in your life out into other people's lives. <clears throat> Number two, I share the Lord of my salvation. A personal experience with Jesus Christ. Uh, we're not just saved in a religious way, but we're saved to be adopted as children of God. We're saved so that we can experience Jesus Christ. We're saved so that we can have this relationship day by day, and we share, I share, the Lord of my salvation. As I experience the Lord, it should overflow out of my life to others. Nobody should know you for any period of time and not know that the Lord is in your life. You don't even have to like tell them or wear a t-shirt. They should just say and know there's something different about you. What is it? Oh, you're a Christian. Uh, maybe you'd be like, well, I'm a Christ follower. I share from my faith life experience. Again, we have struggles. We have ups and downs. Sometimes we feel like Christians. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes we act like Christians. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes we are on fire for Jesus and sometimes we're not. Sometimes we're quick to share our faith and other times we're not. But if we share from our life experience the good and the bad and the hardships in life and the tragedies and the things that we thought were going to destroy us and how God has gotten us through, how the Lord has gotten us through, we share from that. And sometimes that's the hand that pulls the person next to us up and they say, I need that too. I want that too. And we share from faith life experience. Our sharing should be out of the overflow and love of our lives. I like evangelism, but sometimes I feel like some people get an evangelism mindset and they're running out there targeting people, trying to get in their face to get them to say the sinner's prayer, and then they're running off to the next person and just leaving them out there. And I'm glad that some people are praying to receive Christ, and I hope they're truly saved and everything. And maybe some days you uh, feel like going out there and sharing your faith with people, and the opportunity presents itself, and you just go for it, and that's awesome. You should have a mindset that said, Lord, how can you use me today? Who can I share my faith with today? But more than that, every day, your life should, your faith life should overflow into the lives of people around you. Sometimes your sin life overflows into the people around you too. You gotta clean that up. But, uh, ask the Lord to help you, ask people to forgive you. But most of the time, your good faith life is worthy of flowing into the lives of others. Not because you're perfect, but because Jesus is perfect and He helps you through. And number four, I share from a longing to rescue others. The more time you spend in God's Word, the more time you, you think about the eternal destiny of those people around us, the more it should break your heart. The more you see people lonely without Christ, the more it should break your heart. And you should have a longing to rescue others. I think in Jude 23, it says something about snatching people from the flames like you're a firefighter out there rescuing people. And that's true. You are. You should have a longing to rescue others, a longing to share with others, a longing to serve the Lord in the things that you do and the way that you do it. So what is the gospel message? 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4 kind of lays out the important things that we 
we're sinners, that we have sinned, God's holy and perfect, and we have broken uh, God's laws, but Jesus Christ died to cover that by believing in Jesus Christ, then he is the ultimate sacrifice. In the Old Testament, they had sacrifices for sins, and Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice. So when we place our faith in Jesus, we receive his righteousness imputed to us. We receive salvation. We receive forgiveness. We receive right standing with God. So Paul wrote it this way. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of, of in first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, which is huge because according to the scriptures means that when you look in the Old Testament, you can see the need, the law, the, the sin, uh, what Christ would need to do, Jesus Christ being prophesied to come, that whole thing according to the Scriptures, according to God's plan, that thing in the past that was talked about now has happened. Christ died for our sins, just like God said, just according to the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that He was, then it goes on and it says He was seen by others to prove it and everything. But that is the faith that we stand on and the important thing that we need to believe. First Corinthians uh, 15 talks about the bases, like you're going to play in baseball, the bases you need to get around of what you need to believe to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I mean, when you think about it, God is perfect and holy in every way. Exodus 15:11 says, Who among the gods, small g, is like you, Lord? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders? There is no God like the only one God, our God, says in Exodus 15.11. Uh, 1 Samuel 2.2 2 says, There is no one holy like the Lord, no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. And Isaiah 45.21 says, Declare what it is to be, present it, let them take counsel together. Who foretold this long ago? Who declared it from the distant past? Was it not I, the Lord? And there is no God apart from me, a righteous God and a Savior. There is none but me. So this is the God that we place our faith in. This is the God that we're not supposed to be ashamed of or embarrassed of. I mean, are you trying to win the world's approval? I think a lot of us are. I mean, we dress in a way so that we won't be rejected. We drive things that most people approve of. Uh, we want to be seen in a certain light among people so that they won't think bad of us, uh, which is, you know, overall can be good. I mean, if you're going to be out over, you don't, Want your bad breath to overflow into the lives of bad hygiene to overflow into the lives of others. So if you can remember that when you're talking to people that you want to be clean and smell good and everything like that. So I never, I drink a lot of coffee, but I never really thought about coffee breath before until I was at a doctor's office one time. And here's like the perfect doctor. And uh, I'm like, man, you got really bad coffee breath, dude. So, and I'm thinking to myself, that means I should, when I'm drink, having coffee with people, hanging out with them in a tight, closed space or something, I should be taking, putting, using some mints on coffee days. But we have a perfect God, and we should not be ashamed of Him. I mean, the world might reject us. Satan might try to make us fearful. I mean, sometimes we get rejected once, and we never want to do it again or say anything again. We're all afraid that someone's going to ask us a question we don't know the answer to. And you know what the best answer is? That's a great question. I'm not really sure if I can give you the answer right now, but I can check into it. I can get back to you and pray about it. Uh, got questions. Uh, website sometimes has good answers. 
Um, sometimes the pastor knows a good answer, and sometimes it's just a mystery that nobody knows, and it's okay to say it's a mystery. Only God knows. And you can always go to Isaiah 55 that says, well, God's mind is higher than our mind. His ways are higher than our ways. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if I have the answer for that. I don't know if anybody does. So, we should be proud of our God. And we should remember that God sees and God cares. First, first Peter 1.17 Since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. So, God is holding us accountable for what we do in this life. And so if we go through this life without Jesus Christ, we've got nothing to make ourselves right in God's eyes. We can't do it on our own perfect works. Uh, giving all your money to the church, all that, that's not going to do it. But receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior does it. But if you think about that, the Lord's going to judge us someday for the things that we've done, for the things that we're doing, for the way that we serve, and He's even going to reward us, we should live out our time here as strangers, as aliens, as foreigners, that this world is not our home. Yes, there are things about our community that we can make better. There are things that we can do to make our house better. But... We are just passing through. Our citizenship is in heaven. And the things that we do here in this life matter for eternity. That's a long time. First John 4.16 And so we know and rely on the love of God, on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. We experience God's love and we should take that love and then show God's love to others. The love of God should overflow out of our lives into others' lives. And if you want to experience more of God's love, spend more time in His Word. Pray about the things that you struggle with and watch Him answer your prayers. Be quick to confess the sins that you fall into and the things that you do that don't please Him. And as you walk in that relationship and you learn more and more about the Lord, and as you walk more and more in God's love, you will be able to show God's love to others. It overflows. Romans 3.23, we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every one of us have sinned. There's not one person in this room that hasn't sinned at some time. Sin is doing anything against God's will, against God's Word. Which means that we've all sinned and everybody that we're going to try to reach is a sinner of some kind. And even after they pray to receive Christ, they may not be perfect. Probably won't be. We can't expect non-Christians to live the Christian lifestyle. But everybody's got this sin problem and we've got the solution through Jesus Christ. And we should share that. Part of the Romans road that's listed here. But as far as God's righteousness and His holiness, Romans 3.10 says there is no one righteous, not even one. We aren't righteous. We receive Jesus Christ's righteousness. Uh, that's why we're declared righteous, not because we're perfect, but because Jesus is perfect. Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So when we share that with people, it's like you get a check when you work, usually unless you work for the federal government right now but you probably will get a check someday, so it'll be okay. But the wages of sin is death, and that's separation from God for eternity. But the gift of God is eternal life. In who? In Christ Jesus, our Lord. So we share that with people as part of the Romans road. And in Romans 5.8, it says God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we are still sinners, Christ died for us. So we experience that, that love in Christ, that salvation in Christ, that God showed His love through Christ. Christ died for us, and like we just read, and then He rose again. So we share that as part of the Romans road. So, But Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Me in John 14.6. And then finally in the Romans road, 
It says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. And then Romans 10.13 says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Romans 10.13, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Have you called on the name of the Lord? Have you gone into prayer and said, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. Please forgive me of my sin and to come into my life and save me. Make me the person you created me to be. I want to follow you. If you pray something like that, that gets you into a right relationship with God, saved from your sin, um, assured of heaven, adopted as a child of God. And then Romans 8.1 says there's no now condemnation. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And then if you look on the other back side of your bulletin, there is the seven I am's of Christ, which you can read. But when you look at these seven I am's, these are the things that Christ is and Christ offers. He's the bread of life, the light of the world, the door that the door that would keep the sheep in or out of the pen. Uh, the true vine, the good shepherd, the resurrection and the life, the way, the truth, and the life, the seven I am's of Christ. And when you think about all that Christ is, how could you not share that with somebody? How could you keep that to yourself? But we come back to the um, observation and problem that none of us feel like we measure up, that everybody feels like God has a plan for our life, but we're not sure if we're in it. We're not sure if we're doing the right thing. And so we try to do things on our own, but we're not really sure, uh, you know, if it's working. We do things and we're not sure if people like it or not. We, people tell us they're on our side and then they're not, and it's this big struggle. And uh, right now, Tori Kelly is really popular in uh, music. And uh, she has an I Am Second Faith story I'd like to show you as we end. But my thought when I saw it is that here you have somebody that has a lot of talent in everybody and everything, but she just didn't feel like she measured up. And people were trying to press her to be something that she wasn't. But then when she realized that she needed to rely on God and be honest with herself and with her music and everything, that's when things really started to happen. And if you are in the same way, uh, struggling in some area of life, self-confidence or whatever, uh, self-image and all the difficulties of life, uh, maybe you'll find some encouragement from this. And then the worship team will come up. People all around me all the time would say like, oh, you're such an amazing singer. And that became my identity in a lot of ways. It was like, I'm the singer. When I was 12 years old, I ended up getting signed to a record label. I felt like I had the world promised to me. You're gonna make it, you're gonna be the next this. I'm like, cool, yeah, just kind of going with the motions. But there were some things that happened within the label where someone else kind of came in and took over and didn't really believe in me the same way. I was just really confused of why they, they didn't see what I thought that I had, and that was it. I didn't have a record deal anymore. After that, every executive that I would talk to, there was always some reason why they didn't want to sign me. You're so reserved, you're too shy, quiet, loosen up a little bit. They wanted me to be this outgoing, bubbly personality, which I just, I didn't have. And that's when I really started comparing myself to other people. The thought came up to try out for American Idol. I made it pretty far, but ended up getting uh, sent home. This isn't just one door closing. This is like another door out of 
all these other doors that have closed in my face and I was so devastated. I was the singer who if I failed, then people would be disappointed. That's when I went back into my room, my childhood room, and um, I started to journal a lot. I wrote about confusion, feeling different, getting out these emotions I've never been really good at explaining. Just kind of this messy book of just all my thoughts, and I would even write down prayers. Lord, like, guide me. I don't know who I am without singing. You know, if, if I'm not a singer, then if this doesn't work out, what am I... What am I going to do? So to my 12-year-old self, I would tell that little girl who feels she's too shy or not bubbly enough or, you know, doesn't have the right look or not pretty enough or that your life is, is boring or that you have a boring personality that that's just a lie and it's not true and you're being built up into the woman that God wants you to be and it might might take a while but one day you're going to grow into your own skin and just be be the girl that God uniquely made as you and you don't have to compare yourself to anybody Those moments in my bedroom, when it was just me and my notebook, that's when I really got into songwriting more. I felt like I had something to say now. Um, instead of other people giving me words to say, now I finally had these emotions that I was carrying. I picked up the guitar, started to put my own original music out online, and it was this, this kind of slow building process that wasn't forced. There was no... You know, you gotta be this and you, you gotta try this and you know, you gotta try to have this different personality. I didn't have to change myself, I could just be myself. And finally just saying, Okay, God, you said you have a plan for my life, so I'm just gonna trust that. And even if it means that I don't get famous or anything, I'm just gonna surrender all of this to you, put it in your hands. And I think once I did that, that's really when doors started opening. I continued to put out different videos online, just original music, and next thing I knew, I was signed again to another record label and put out a full-length album, which I had never done. Daytime TV, morning shows, sold-out tours, perform, and be nominated for a Grammy that still blows my mind and be the voice of an elephant in an animated movie called Sing. And that was just another dream come true. Philippians 3, verse 7 and 8 says, All these things I consider 
as loss compared to knowing Jesus Christ. I don't believe that every single day wholeheartedly, but that I think is the goal, is to really look at my life and be like, okay, if all of this went away, would I still be okay with just Jesus and all of the things that he offers? And and I, I would say yes, I, I would be okay because he's just, he's everything. Through Christ, I can just be myself and just be surrounded by his love. I'm Tori Kelly, and I am second. I'm going to ask you to stand as we sing our way out this morning and share a little bit before. Becky and I were at a funeral yesterday uh, for one of her aunts, and she was a very vibrant and happy woman and loved jewelry. And uh, the part of her legacy as we celebrated her life, we went down for the, the lunch afterwards. She had like a little Christmas tree with all these different earrings and rings around. And each uh, setting at the table had a flower with one of her brooches on it. And it was something that she gave back to the people as her life left. We found out that she would weekly give gift cards to the pastor to give out to people for, um, for gas and groceries to touch people's lives. And she'd left that legacy behind, a woman who was generous and giving um, and, and outgoing. And each one of us has something we're going to leave behind. We're, we're going to leave a legacy, and, and it's going to be who we are. And when I shared the verse about each one of us uh, should not appear before God empty-handed, he's given us who we are to give back to people as part of it. It's not just about gifts of money. It's about the gifts that God has given us, and it's the legacy. It's us being the light to the world. And this last song is uh, Make Me a Beacon to My World. Think about that as you go out this, this morning. Thanks for listening. It would be great if you would let us know how you were encouraged by this message. We invite you to visit River Rock Church 10 a.m. Sundays at 330 South Market Street in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. You can connect with us, find more messages to listen to, and get resources to help you grow in your faith at riverrockchurch.com.